And the little kangaroo in her pouch said, <laughs> said humph too. Thank you. I've a, we've talked about how that whole thing is racist, right? Yes. Death. Okay. Not okay. death. Yes. I mean, honestly, speaking of Dr. Seuss, Please. speaking of Dr. Seuss getting canceled, everyone's talking about, about uh, on Beyond Zebra, when what you should be talking about is Seussical. And like every every single school ever put that on, you know? Yeah, I do know. And then did it again two years later. What's so funny to me about the um, Dr. Seuss being canceled and the conservatives being all up in arms is that then, like, I mean, it, it's stupid, first of all, <laughs> just to start. But also that it... Uh, <laughs> That then they're like, I'm going to be reading Dr. Seuss in protest. But mama, they're reading Green Eggs and Ham. They're not reading the books that were <laughs> removed. <laughs> Which is like, so you agree. So you don't want to be seen with those racist images that are in those books. Huh, that's interesting. They don't. Nobody knows what they're saying. Is the thing. Mama, they know what they're saying. They're fools. That's what they are. Foolish. That is what you are. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> That's funny. Welcome to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. Today, we're really giving you all things CBS. We are the CBS girls. <laughs> you might call us royalty, but don't get ahead of yourself. And, and, and certainly if we were, we'd get kicked right out. <laughs> Woof. tight you finally learned how to count it off that was mad tight yo <laughs> what that was tight like What's that was happening? dope that was dope that's all I, i'm just saying that was dope i don't i don't think you want this to be recorded <laughs> no this is tight man <laughs> this is tight remember when we were trying we were trying our best um straight people accents we should do our straight impression for the podcast, but actually that's a bad idea because it would be silence. Absolutely silence. It would be 50 minutes of silence. <laughs> no, we, would sh- we should do our best, like, Joe Rogan impression. Oh, no. <laughs> we should do, like, our Joe Rogan uh, impersonation podcast. You got me sprung. Hi. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey, you. You are loving that these days. Picking up the phone, starting a podcast. Hey, you. And when else might I say, hey, you? Um, well, not when you're seeing people on the street because we don't do that anymore. Mm, I see I see people all the time. But I actually, I'm not saying, hey, you. I'm saying, hey, there. Hey, there. <laughs> hey, there. Is that how you walk through the halls? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, hey yes. I'm like... <laughs> Waving out, hey doling, doling out hey there's to anyone who cares. Hey because hey there is like, well, I shouldn't say this because it's giving away the secrets. But hey there is like 
it's familiar without being, without having to be specific. Like if I saw someone I knew, like one of my good Judys, I could be like, hey there. And it would be like, see you. I see, ooh, yes. But if I see someone that I don't know at all, but I'm like just trying to be high. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to be kind. Are we doing one of those episodes to today? Be kindness. Have we ever done that? No. No. Right? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Somebody cut I this had, out. <laughs> I had a dream the other day that I was at my middle school and I was so high. And I was like, what's up with that? It was, I was like, I'm going to get caught. There was no one there though. I mean, social distancing, school from home. Well, yeah. Wow. Were you like, you know, your current self, your current age, or were you like middle school Jerome? No, it was me like right now. (laughs) Well, I honestly don't know if I was high because I woke up and still felt high from the dream. So maybe I was just tired. <laughs> but was I was during like, last I'm gonna week get when you could didn't ever have rest. Um, it was it was it was between the two show day of the cabaret and the Q to Q of what comes next. That it was the night between those. Two. Ooh, the last midnight. Midnight. <laughs> It's the boom splat. Your show happened. Your show really happened. The show happened, um, but it's over now. If you didn't catch it, you still can. All the links are the same to the four nights, to the four shows. Um, The show happened. I kind of can't believe that. It's huge. It was very good. I tuned in on Saturday night. Um, One of my favorite performances. It was very good. Everyone go grab that recording. Um, Yeah, the kids are singing. The Mm -hmm. lights are everywhere. The stage is spinning. Okay, do you want to hear a gag? Yeah. So the lights were, yeah. So the (laughs) lights were done by a student for his senior project who actually is from D.C., so I stan. Um, And... uh, he was doing his little senior project presentation today. Mama, tell me why the first thing he said was that he's colorblind. <laughs> this is the representation I've been needing my entire life. Isn't that a gag? Wow. Because the lights were so gorgeous. They were stunning Particularly and because they were so colorful. Extra colorful. Yes. Wow. As someone who's also fierce. colorblind, I feel... Like, I can do anything. Okay, so what is your color blindness? How does it manifest for you? Technically red, red, green. But, you know, ask me. (laughs) Like, red, green is the one that I actually have trouble with. And Uh when they're, like, in small things, like indicator lights that are, like, now this small LED. Oh. Are you red or are you green? Oh, are you red or are you green? Why did we choose red and green as the stop and go colors? Because this world is not made for everybody. <laughs> well. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, but like stoplights and things like that, like that's easy. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, like 
can I think I just misname colors too. I think I just okay. like call some things. I'm like, oh, I know what that color is, but I just call it something different than everyone else calls it. Oh, fierce. Which like, is that colorblindness or is that just me? Being a fool. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, I mean, yeah. um, uh, being creative. Thank you. Thank you. 10 points for creativity. Um, no, that doesn't make you a fool. I. It is kind of funny that like, I think it's because I'm gay. But, I, oh my God, speaking of gay. Well, I'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> Here we go. I th- I just was always like, what do you mean you don't know the colors in order? <laughs> like, I was surprised that that was something that we had to, like, learn in class. I was like, yeah, I know the order of the rainbow. It's the rainbow. Why wouldn't I know the colors in the order of the rainbow? People were like, yeah, well, you have to know Roy G. Biv. That's the way to rem- remember. I'm like, you haven't been drawing rainbows in correct order since you were a child? <laughs> I mean, I love I love Roy and his distant cousin Jibiv. Um, <laughs> for me, it's like the difference between magenta and fuchsia. I don't okay. know. I don't know what it is. And but like that will send me down a spiral where I'll look at anything vaguely, like pink and or purple, and I'll be like, "This is a color. I see this color. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I love this color." <laughs> See, this sounds to me not like colorblindness and just like not having a particular uh, not really caring what the colors are. <laughs> it's the same way that like I, I don't know what the uh, Miami baseball team is called. Somebody else would probably think that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... Maybe somebody out there, probably not somebody listening to this podcast, but you never know. Um, you never know. Yeah, it just, yeah, that is not colorblindness. You're right. And that's why I was like, <laughs> I technically am just red green, but there just are like green. other colors where I'm like, I see you. Uh huh. And I'll call you this today. And tomorrow, okay. Maybe I'll call you something different. But it's, so is it telling them apart? Like what? Yeah, distinguishing um, is where it, like, goes into that place where it's, like, mm, especially red-green, it's, like, when you're small or next to each other, Uh in a small way, it's just... In a small way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, dark, dark blue, dark purple, black, sometimes those things are, like, darkness. Like, I get it. Well, those are all the same anyway. Well, not the same. Again, I'm a person who cares a lot about specificity with colors but they're very similar (laughs) they are very similar and so it's those it's like tiny distinctions where it's like i'm not sure i don't know have you ever done one of those things like played one of those games where you have to like tap the box that like is the color that's slightly different no okay i'll show it to you i need i mean you'd be bad (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) well maybe that's why i haven't played okay well i'm i Apologize. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk about being gay. Famously, tomorrow, as we're recording this, is St. Patrick's Day. Uh, You know what that means. uh, 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 I came out on St. Patrick's Day 10 years ago. This is your 10 year? Yes. This is your 10 year? 
This is it's my tenure. You're a tenured been professor. Ten years of of gay. <laughs> Please, someone. Stop I have this. gay tenure. Um, that's so, I love that. Me too. Wow, happy tomorrow, today. Yesterday. <laughs> right, for those people who are actually listening. <laughs> I mean, never ever jam today. Jam tomorrow, jam yesterday. Where were we? You're gay. I am. <laughs> and I have been for a long time. What should my next 10 years be about? I love that. I want to hear your your 10-year intention. Now that you're a no, full I was professor. asking you. Well, I can't live your life for you. <laughs> well, I'm taking suggestions. Okay. Um, I should come out as something else tomorrow. <gasps> yeah. I mean, we're always coming out, but also coming out is a burden that queer people should never have to bear anyway. So, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> I will <It's> not <laughs> choose. <laughs> um,. I don't know. Maybe I think, okay, you've been heading in this direction for some weeks now, and mm-hmm. I just want to support this, okay. support what I'm seeing in you right now. Uh, I think you should, I think you should come out as a long haired girl. My hair is very long. It's now that's true. The length, it's good. The, the curl, she's got a lot of length. I've been trying to figure out like when I'm going to cut it. And that's what I'm saying. Tomorrow. But I should never. You're announcing that maybe that that's the season. That I won't cut my hair for the next 10 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not for the next 10 years. <laughs> no, I guess I'll cut it for like the summer. I guess. I wonder how much longer it can get. I will say this is the like best taken care of my hair has ever been. Because I basically condition my hair every day. That's so good. Very good. Yeah. Take the care of it. Take and I never shampoo. <laughs> the care of it. A little co-wash. Never hurt anybody. Well. Um, I know my what hair kind is of so conditioner long. do you I, use? I've been using straight up head and shoulders, mother. Oh, work. I do head and shoulders every day, and then I do like a shea moisture, like leave-in curl enhancing. A smoothie thing. Yes, a curl-enhancing smoothie. I know that one. Well, I was using the curl-enhancing smoothie, but then when I needed more, they didn't have any. So now I'm using something else that's more like a cream than a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, trying it out. Work. Love the people down at Shea Moisture. Well, not to... Uh, <laughs> right. Immediately <laughs> come back. But no, I thought that they, here. like... I thought there was something problematic about them in the past. Yeah, I believe that they <laughs> used to to, to to be black owned and then like are no longer question mark. Yeah, their like parent company was sold to Unilever, and so they're now with everything. <laughs> they do yeah, like I remember everything. They do like cereal and uh, mouthwash. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I remember that. You know, it is a product line. It is a company that felt designed for black hair. Um, and then they put out this ad that was like, right, embrace your natural hair, but it had all these white people in it. And so it was like, huh? <laughs> what happened? Wow. You know that moment when you alienate your main customer base? Unfortunately, yes, I do. 
jinkies. Oh no. Um, I guess I should use something else. Maybe I should get into like pattern beauty, Tracy Ellis Ross's thing. Ooh, I haven't, I'm not hip. Yeah, she has a, a hairline. I was gonna say that last year I had made the decision that like I was going to get my hair cut like every three weeks. I was gonna keep it really short, that I really liked the way it looked that way. Um, and then the pandemic hit and it was like, no ma'am. Could have bought some um, clippers. I did, but I had some already, but yeah, no, it was bad. It was bad. It was well, it was like <laughs> I cut my hair a lot in college, inspired by you. Because you always cut your own hair. Thanks, Dad. Um, and it was fine. It was good. I certainly didn't have to pay for it, which was good. It's the best part. Well, I guess that is the best part. But the best part about paying someone good to do it is that you look really good after. So, like, I then started, like, paying to get haircuts after I graduated. And I was like, I could have looked like this the whole time? Mama, that's what I should have been doing. And so I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. And then, lo and behold, that didn't happen. I got, like, three haircuts last year. Wow. And now you're coming out as as long-haired. As a long-haired girl. I didn't... The last time I cut my hair was when I went bald for Michael Jordan for Halloween. Oh my gosh. And I, I forgot about that. My hair since. That's like a long time ago. Yeah. That's almost like five months ago. Like we're approaching October from the other direction now. Like we're rounding the corner. This is certainly the longest my hair has ever been. That's crazy. Well, That's it looks so great. Thank you. New shoes. <laughs> Haircuts. Oh my God, haircuts. <laughs> That's a good video. Um, Kenyon, I think this is going to be our, <laughs> I think this is going to be our CBS episode, actually. Mm. Because but do we CBS, love CBS? Well, ooh, I don't know about all that, yeah. but CBS has been having the programming. Uh-huh. Getting the partnerships. Teaming yes. up with all the big names. Yes. Um, did you watch the Grammys on Sunday? So, you could say that I did. In a very, in a kind of much more real sense, you also could say that I didn't. Mm, I so. see. So, what is the truth? <laughs> Me and my cousin, like, kind of skimmed through it. We, like, okay. you know, grabbed the the recording. It had already aired. And just kind of, like, jumped around through it. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> it just like all the all the great stuff about award shows which is not the awards because they stay not giving it to the right people disenfranchising all sorts of people etc mm-hmm. like all the gowns all the mm-hmm. improv acceptance speeches all the live performances all the random celebrities sitting next to each other <laughs> like gone and so it's like, why do I want to watch this virtual PowerPoint presentation? Uh, I kind of feel like, I mean, I love a live performance. I kind of enjoy the the produced performances, the pre-produced, pre-taped, whatever. Like, I thought that, I don't know how if you've seen any of Megan and Cardi, but like, they certainly were doing a lot. Now, I don't know if really anyone else was bringing it to the party like they were bringing it to the party, right. but. Yeah. 
I just like don't need a communal YouTube video watch. You know, like <laughs> work, work. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, but like big congratulations to all the people I love who won. <laughs> Uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Best New Artist. We absolutely love that. Incredible. Absolutely deserving. Um, Kate Trinata won. Kate Trinata. We love big. that as well. Uh, did you see, there was this article in the Washington Post about the uh, the albums nominated for Best Album or Album of the Year. And uh, first of all, I don't know why this person is writing this article because clearly they did not like any of the music that was released. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But wrote this paragraph about Jacob Collier that is so mean. Oh no. It's literally the meanest thing in the world. I'm going to read it to you. While you're pulling that up, I just, I feel like we mentioned his name every episode and that, is not it's, my truth. <laughs> it's because like, we stand. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We're allowed to be like over it, not because we're secretly, we just like, we get it, you know? It's like we've been there from the start. That was and, a long time ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was like my first so, year of college, the first time I heard him. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Okay. Jacob Collier, Jesse, Volume 3. This is from fucking Chris Richards, pop music critic at the Washington Post. (laughs) This is coming right after a Coldplay album that was also nominated, which, mama, who even heard that this year? (laughs) Uh, This 26-year-old British producer contributed a dinky track to that Coldplay album, and everything here is even worse. Jesse Volume 3 is a circus of meaningless virtuosity, a child's magic show crammed with extra-caffeinated drum programming, overzealous synth filigree, and too many cameos from too many people singing too fast. It's all very wow and neato, like something you might hear at a Silicon Valley product launch or at the Grammys. If you must listen, In My Bones is meant to squiggle like a vintage Prince song, so at least Collier can locate one cardinal point. But let's also remember that the Recording Academy nominated Prince for for Album of the Year only twice and that he got blanked both times. It's an embarrassment that this guy even gets to lose once. What? I wasn't really prepared for the last line. Why is it so mean? That was just, there was a lot of hatred, I guess. Right? (laughs) I just don't, like, I can't imagine, right? And this isn't like a BuzzFeed article. Like, this isn't the Washington Post. (laughs) Imagine being like, I have something truly vitriolic to say about this artist who presumably, I don't know. Uh, And I'm going to say it in the Washington Post. Mama, write a different article. (laughs) Wow, I mean, criticisms. Dinky really just set it all off for me. It's the very first uh, salvo attack. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the last 
the last line took it out of like this is fun word games that are also like <laughs> attacking you uh-huh. into just like oh like maybe you should go talk to somebody about that Chris yeah. Richards like I don't figure that out <laughs> I mean the meaningless virtuosity thing I feel like that's one thing that that's a that's a critique that I keep hearing over and over again and I actually have never heard your take on it, I don't think. I think, I mean, meaningless virtuosity, there there was a tweet that he put out, I don't remember exactly what it said, but that was basically like, oh, this is, this music is just designed to, to impress and delight, I think is what he said. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand meaningless virtuosity. I like, if you don't like it, you don't like it work. But I I don't understand saying that it's like, it's like, what is the point of anything? (laughs) Like (laughs) meaningless virtuosity, like, no, it's, it, it sounds that way. So you can listen to it. Like, that's the point. I, I, it, I don't understand why it has to mean anything. (laughs) It's music. (laughs) That's so interesting. Um, I feel like for some people, and I don't think I'm in, I don't know what camp of people I'm in, but for some people, it's really like, like I'm really trying to communicate. Like I'm trying to sure. send this idea to you in an important way. Um, and that like, that would feel contradictory, or not contradictory, but like intention with quote unquote meaningless virtuosity. Um <laughs> But I honestly am here for, like, does it have to mean anything? Yeah, I, and, like, it's great if it does. I love, I mean, and we've always joked about Jacob Collier is not the lyric queen. <laughs> but I don't think that we, I think the idea of, oh, well, like, the only reason why you would listen to a piece of music is to understand the meaning or to understand the lyric is... I don't, that's just, that's one thing. Music, like there's so much about music that does so many things. And yeah, it's meaning like is just one aspect of it. Feel, feel it. Not that I'm out here just to defend Jacob Collier, but I truly. <laughs> and the idea of like the Grammy should be ashamed that they shamed this artist, but are supporting this other artist. I'm like, Mama, but what are you doing in this article? <laughs> so. Uh, okay, okay. Just to, just to retort for a second, I feel like there's, <laughs> I'm on, I honestly agree with you. But I also wonder if there's like a, a responsibility now that, you know, he's no longer just someone in his bedroom making YouTube videos mm-hmm. that like 10,000 people watched. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're taking up this space. Um, space that's, in the public eye, space of a nomination, multiple nominations. Um, <laughs> He's the first uh, British artist to win a Grammy for his first four albums. First of all. <laughs> no other British artist has done that. That sounds like one of those statistics that, like, you invent, you know? <laughs> 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 like, tomorrow you'll be the first long-haired 
<laughs> openly long-haired, four-time... Openly long-haired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Um, and I, whenever statistics like that come out, I'm like, were y'all keeping a list? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> or whose job is it to be like, oh, quick, they just said so-and-so's name. Come up with something that only they've But done. you know that's someone's job. It's about to be my job. Honestly, you could do it. Thank you, <laughs> darling dear. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, the space, you know, taking up space. And like, do, does everyone need to listen to that? By no means. But also, does everyone need to listen to anything, honestly? Right. No. I, I just wish more people made music, honestly. Which is yeah. just like a dream I have. But like, you know... Art feels, art in all of its forms now feels like this thing that you need to have talent and training and recognition and whatever, whatever. Mm. And it's like, wait, that's like cooking. Art is like, mm. you know, like this is just a part of being human. Like, you don't like Jacob's music. Well, don't listen to it. Listen to the stuff that you make, Chris Richards. Well, a mother probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> when- that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, like more people make more stuff. And it is, I certainly feel that way, particularly around, you know, award season. Um, I guess I just am like, I most most of all agree with you in terms of listen to the stuff that you want to listen to. Like, I don't fault Jacob Collier for making anything because clearly somebody liked it. (laughs) Many people. He got nominated for album of the year out of nowhere. So it's like, it's working for somebody. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Miss CBS. Also airing on Miss CBS. (laughs) We've got Miss Oprah and Miss Megan. We haven't talked about this at all. We haven't. And to be, you know, I just watched it. Like, truly Uh just minutes before we logged on to the Zoom. I watched it. Um... And I'm still kind of reeling. It's yeah, heaviness. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness! First of all, I love I love that Oprah just like returns to like do whatever she wants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what she's interested in doing. <laughs> that she's like, and here's the story. Right. That's I'll hot. take. That's it. amazing. I'll take this one. She <laughs> says. I don't need a, a show that goes on every day. Anymore. Literally doesn't need. She, literally, she's I'll like, just, "Oh, I don't need a show. I just will pop in to create a special when I want to interview somebody, <laughs> and you know, seventeen million people will watch it." <laughs> and she's very, she's very good at talking to people. She's very good, which is one thing I was like really struck by because you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning they come on and they say, you know, nothing was prepared. You know, Oprah's prepared her questions, but you know. Nothing's agreed upon, right? It's going to be honest. They haven't seen questions in advance, etc. Um, and the way that she, Oprah creates a space of like, I'm actually listening, so that yeah, Harry and Meghan like actually say some stuff, yeah, is very cool. But the stuff they say, yeah, I well, let's start with Meghan. Well, where do I want to start? I mostly like, here's really why I wanted to talk about this today. I find it cuckoo bananas that, I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast at the time. I'm sure I did. Um, that I watched that 
Diana in her own words mm. documentary. And I was thinking about it along with uh, Mariah's memoir and the Britney doc. Maybe I didn't talk about this on the podcast. Um, but just that, like, did you watch the Britney doc? No. Oh, my God. Okay. But you know what it's about. Right. So there's a part of the Britney doc that's, like, interviewing these people who were paparazzi who followed her around or like who were the editors of us, us weekly or whatever, who would be paying all this money for the pictures, which is why the paparazzi were following them around like that. Um, who just don't get that they were a part of the problem. Mm. Who just, who are like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, everything was crazy back then or whatever, but it's like, mama, you were a part of the problem. Like one of the photographers is like, well, if she like really didn't want us to take a picture to like be doing this to her, like she should have just said so. Like she should have, she never really asked us to stop. And the interviewer is like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, that's not true. At Like she asked you to stop all the time. Anyway, that, and so in Mariah's book, she writes about like in 2001 when she was leaving her label and leaving Tommy Mottola and mm-hmm. glitter was coming out and it felt like everyone was out to get her, including like her family. Yeah. Um, she talks about how, she talks about Diana and she talks about how like the media storm that was around her was so uh, just violent and dangerous and uh, like had no regard for her well-being. Um, and it all reminds of Diana because not only, of course, was Diana killed in this horrific, like paparazzi chasing incident, mm. but also that like the whole thing of her being so unhappy in the first place right. and struggling with eating disorders and, uh, uh, you know, Having being so miserable when she was living, uh, when she was part of the royal family, um, I I just it is shocking to see the Meghan Markle stuff go down because to me it's like, oh, we know who the villains were, like we know who was in the wrong, like we know what happened that shouldn't have happened. So why is this happening again? Like, what? <laughs> I just don't understand. Like when Meghan Markle is like, I need help. Yeah. That they're like, oh, but we're not, oh, we're not going to help you. It's like, didn't we just run this play? Like, wasn't it literally Harry's mother? Like, what's wrong with you people? And I mean, like. To start. He says that when he gets on, like, halfway through. He's Mm -hmm. like, I saw, I could see where this was going. And because actually we did this. Like, we've already done this. This is already part of our story, part of my life. So, not again. And I the way he talks about the oh i forget who says it but somebody says the the phrase controlled by fear and it's like mm. oof oof yeah it, like really like how can you be the royal family like the monarchs of great britain colonizers of the world the over world. <laughs> and be a feared but you know what how could you <laughs> how could you start colonizing anything if you weren't afraid to begin with. Well, that's the thing. 
Which, of course, brings us to... I mean, speaking of fear, how afraid they were of this black woman. It's like... Who... Mama, you want to talk about colorism? Right. They're worried about what color her baby is going to be. It's like that woman looks white anyway. (laughs) So what are y'all even worried about? (laughs) Baby came out looking like the damn white rabbit. Like, what are you... (laughs) Ouch. What? It just... There's, there's, I don't know if there's new stuff to be said about any of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is just like what some people have been knowing and other people have been running from for ever now. I do wish that, I mean, Oprah really lays it out step by step for the folks playing along at home. I wish she had gone a step further, just in explicitly saying, yeah, they didn't want to. They didn't want my child to be a a royal, to be a prince or a princess or whatever, because my child is black. Like that's what it is. Yeah. And it's it is as simple as that. And it really reminds me of the kinds of, um, ooh, like really sinister laws about um about heritage and like how like how much yeah. blood you have from the octoroon of it all exactly it's like this is 2021 like here we are, are still on this and like fully talking about but this white child this white passing child excuse me is yeah. black and so actually can't be this can't be that won't be protected even though we're sending the paparazzi after you. Yeah, we're literally sending the paparazzi. We're literally making up stories about you to make you the villain, and then we're not going to protect you. Why? Because you don't have the money? Like, wh- literally, what? What? <laughs> the dissonance that keeps coming to my mind is honestly not the white inferiority of it all, but is the, like, the the family government like yeah. real tension thing going on it's like harry's talking to oprah with his wife uh-huh about you know using words like the firm and the institution right. but it's also like i actually can't tell you that story because that's a family member like like my grandmother like but the well queen. but here's uh, Now, this is what really grinds my gears, is that I think that, hmm, I think, I don't know anything. Who cares what I think, (laughs) to preface. Um, Harry wants back in the family. Interesting. Because otherwise, like, let me put it this way. If I were white, well, <laughs> let's not say that. Wow, a whole sorts like, of hosts of coming outs are happening tomorrow the, for you. <laughs> Members of Harry's family, I suspect his brother and his father, uh, were talking about the color of his child. 
unborn, unborn child. And he's trying to protect them? Why? Like, what? Like why not say who it is? Well, they I, said it. Well, I, I wonder then why say who it is. You know, I feel like, bo- like both questions can be asked. It's like... Because I, I think that he is not saying it to still have a bit of leverage. Mm. To say, like, I said that someone said it, and we could just as easily say who said it, as well as... I I think that it is a protection of of whiteness. Interesting. That to me is like, yeah, someone said this, but I'm not going to say who it was. Be- and then, you know, the next day, Prince William is like, "Oh, we're not a racist family." And and it all just kind of evaporates when it's like this is cuckoo bananas and needs to needs to all stop like that to me was like harry who are you protecting here i mean on a once over i like oh okay just i i and you know i get that it's tough it's his family i get that that's tough but it's like they were they were talking about how dark your child was gonna be that is crazy Mm. I'm inclined to agree with you right off the bat. You know, I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> Whiteness doing the thing that it always does. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Been there and we're still there, actually, everyone. Right. <laughs> um, but as, as I was listening to you say that, I really was thinking about, okay, well, this is still like, they have, there's a part of this where like they have not left the game the paparazzi game, the like media celebrity circus game of it all. And it's, and that's, that takes me back to the, like, you know, this, this public facing government, Royal family thing versus like, we are a family that know each other and like, yeah, are related to each other. I think, um, where, where it's like, do, do we all need to know that? I think, in some ways, yes, because that monarchy honestly has to go. <laughs> has to go. And like, thank you. And at the same time, it's like the engaging in the pointing fig- fingers moment of how, there's a fine line between accountability and like, well, so and so said X, Y, and Z, and I just put you on blast because Oprah called me up and said, I have a TV show uh-huh. for you, which. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not trying to compare Oprah to a tabloid, but it's like th- those things are very close to each other. And it's like the more people you let into your marriage, into your relationship with your father, with your grandmother, like that is part of how all this stuff got messed up in the first place. And so I feel like they went as so far as to be like, look, my family said this. I don't actually have to tell you the names. And Jerome, you know what they are, you know. <laughs> And so, I don't know. I, I'm I'm feeling torn. Yeah, I yeah. I guess I just. And I mean, this is this is no surprise that you know Harry is not trying. Prince Harry is not trying to tear down <laughs> the House of Windsor, um, <laughs> but 
just for all of their talk about, oh, well, we can make this better and how do we bring the royal family into the 21st century and modernize and blah, blah, blah. It's like, y'all don't, mm, you're saying that, but you don't actually want to do that. And so just to be like, there was a lot of like, well, Harry really, you know, was, and I think that Harry did stand up for Meghan quite a bit. I think that they're leaving in the first place is good as opposed to keeping her trapped there any longer mm. than she was already. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's it. I would hate to see them return to that family at this point, but I fear that it is a result that not only has not been ruled out, but also that I felt like Harry was queuing toward wanting. That, I mean, that's what, something that they both said. They both were like, we didn't want to leave. We felt that we had to. And then they, you know, removed the protection and they removed the money and they removed blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that if it were really up to, well, I don't know about Megan. I think if it were really up to Harry that they'd still be a part of all that shit. Mm. And to that, I'm kind of like, well, how much are you really doing to protect your wife and your child? I don't know. And once again, I open and close with the same statement. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's one of the things that really hit me personally listening to Megan talk about the nightmare that was her mm -hmm. life for, for such a, a long time and her mental well-being. And yeah. she was like, you never know. You do really never know, like, what's going on behind someone's smile or laugh or whatever. Like, yeah. you don't know what people are going through. And um, I don't know. The, the times when we choose to, like, <laughs> to set that thing aside. Like, we all know that. Like, we literally actually all know that from our own personal experience that, like, right. you could be smiling, but you are having a bad day. Yeah. Um, and, like, why why do we set that aside when we do set it aside? And, like, who does that serve? Or what systems, what proximity to power does that get us to... Yeah. Yeah. That part really was... It's hard to listen to. Yeah. I'd, I was feeling the same way. I was watching it with Noah, and we... I'm... Shocked that you were able to watch it all at once. I was not able to watch it all at once. And then, like, they have a child. And then another one coming on the way. I don't know. To be born into that is... But, Mama, we're all born into something. Hey, okay. Absolutely. Take me there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we really are. Um, Kenyon, I have a binary for you. Uh. And the binary is between, and actually there's a story with this binary. The binary is between the last 10 years versus the next 10 years. Whoa, whoa. I mean, this, you know me. You know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> um, the future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to pick the future because I... Like, I mean, that's just where we're going. We're going to the future. I agree. Um, 
And so it's the next 10 years for me. And for you. I also you. pick the next 10 years. Yeah. It's got to be. Um, you know, my favorite, favorite, favorite politician, Mayor Pete Buttigieg of Transportation. Uh, he, someone once was asking him about the, uh, something. Mm-hmm. And he was about, uh, about LGBTQ rights. Um, and he said, in this was in 2020, he said, look at how much has changed in the last 10 years. That in 2010, Barack Obama had not even come out in support of gay marriage. Uh, and that in 2020, the Supreme Court, the right-leaning Supreme Court, uh, ruled in favor of protecting people based on their gender identity um, and sexuality, which is a, which was amazing and a landmark mm. decision. Um, and just think of how much would change between 2020 and like just how different things would be in 2030, like how quickly those things are changing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm here for the next 30 years. All right. I mean, 10 years. Okay, I mean, that too. What? <laughs> Not us being closer to 2030 than 2010. What? It's true, mother. <laughs> well, let me get going then. <laughs> um, okay, here's here's the binary for you. <laughs> Dinky or the- meaningless virtuosity? Mama, can I choose Tinky Winky? <laughs> what about Dipsy um, and Lala <laughs> and Poe? And Finn and Ray. <laughs> Uh, I'm going meaningless virtuosity. Of course. I love meaningless virtuosity. I feel it. I feel it. What's so, what's so wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I actually am going to have to balance you out on this one and go dinky just because it sounds good. Just, I like the word dinky. Okay. Just say it a couple times. Dinky. (laughs) No. (laughs) I didn't like it when I said it. Um, I, I think I'm thinking primarily of if someone were to hurl one of these at me. Right, right. Mama, meaningless virtuosity is still virtuosity. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a virtuoso. Wow. And just because it doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> that's the thing about... Literally that. That's the thing about meaning. It's like, just because does not mean. It's also like, what if it means... Fun. What if it means pretty? What if it means, you know, it can mean the way that it sounds. Right. Stupid. I should be watching right in front of Washington Post. Okay, well, no. Uh, No, just because I don't like the Washington Post. I want more and better for you. Okay. (laughs) You don't want me to get that Bezos check? (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) Anyway, um... Yeah. I think... Uh... Oh, is that the music coming in? <laughs> That's the music. Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at we love that podcast at gmail.com. 
I need us to be in two different keys. Oh my god! I need us to be in two different keys and tempos, please. Please no. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. What? I just I pulled up Chris Richards' hate speech just (laughs) because I was curious. And happened to glance at the next album that he reviews, which is Folklore. Um, which he says genuine kind things about, but also kind of shady. It, it, right. The first sentence, it just, it feels like I'm reading fiction. For roughly a decade now, it has been difficult to listen to Taylor Swift's music without hearing the world's deranged reaction to it howling at our backs. I'm like, what? What? What is wrong with you? (laughs) If anybody wants to talk about deranged reaction, Christopher. Mother. Yeah, it's like, to Jacob Collier, he's like, you are a garbage troll monster. (laughs) How has anyone endured listening to your music? And with Taylor Swift, he's like, now, why are we all shouting down this goddess sent to us from the sky? I... Then... Recorded in quarantine, it's a spare, quiet album that allows her modest voice to work on its own terms, giving her songs a fresh verisimilitude in the process. Are you kidding me? Take it away. Take it away. I've never been a natural, she sings on Mirrorball, one of the truest, deepest, lightest, heaviest songs she's ever written. All I do is try, try, try. Now, let's scroll back up to read what he says about Miss Dua Lipa. Uh-oh. Only unkind things. Okay. Well, thank you for preparing uh, Still, me. this album is probably only as fun as whatever fun you can have to it. As a singer, Lipa is breathy and buoyant, but her lyrics skew literal. Levitating is a song about levitating. Hallucinate is a song about hallucinating. Mama, let's pause for a second. Levitating is not literally about levitating. Miss skew literal. That is a metaphor. So how about you relax? <laughs> It's also like some people use words to just say what they mean. Mean the words. Except not the lightest and the heaviest verisimilitude. Well, well, what about that Taylor (laughs) Swift lyric is not literal? (laughs) I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. Seems like it skews a little bit literal. (laughs) And it's also, I mean, that he was really trying to pay a compliment, but that was shady. It's a spare, quiet album that allows her modest voice to work on its own terms. If someone ever said that to me, no. Not modesty. <laughs> this article is literally a joke. I Bad criticism is actually so much fun. <laughs> 